0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf expert, the golf guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him as well on Twitter at Dave underscore S. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, here we go. Another Tuesday, another golf podcast. This is a big one. We have the Open Championship. This one will be played. At the Royal St. George Golf Club in Kent, England. Defending champion Shane Lowry. His odds to go ahead and repeat 35 to 1. He's listed right now as around the 12th to 15th favorite, depending on what sports book that you're looking at. Odds on favorite to win this one this year, John Rahm. He's a monster favorite right now, Uncle Dave. At a lot of the shops, he's around 7, 8 to 1. And the next guy in line is Brooks Kepka at most of the books at around 16 to 1, 15 to 1. So, this is one of the biggest, or maybe one of the biggest favorites that I could remember, you know, from prices from first to second uh, in quite some time. Now, Rom, he did win the last major at the U.S. Open, so uh, he'll be trying to go ahead and knock out consecutive majors now. Rom golfed at the Scottish Open, so I'm sure he'll be ready to rock and roll. I'm ready. I know Uncle Dave's ready. So, for the new listeners, here's how we're going to go ahead and do this Uncle Dave and I will go, we'll cover first round leaders, make and miss the cut, head to heads, top 40s through top fives, and of course, We'll go ahead and we'll give out our winners, and for the first time in our podcast, Uncle Dave and I, we both have a diamond in the rough best bet. So you guys will go ahead; and you'll get that. So with all the particulars out of the way, let me go ahead and ask you there, Uncle Dave: What was your first reaction to Rom being such a big favorite in this particular field? Do you feel that it was warranted?
1: Um, all that really does for me, you know, when you get all the money in the top heavy field like this with, with Rom and even even Kepka, which is you know eighteen to one, I think he is right now, but still while that really does sleepy is make me uh, not want to play them at that price. What it really does is it makes a lot of the guys that are sort of 50 to one now uh, probably should be like 30 or 40 to one. So I think when you have betting like that, uh, it, it obviously takes away the value on Rom and a lot of other guys at the top of the board, but it gives that set value to a lot of the other golfers that uh, have probably equally got a shot to win this. So I think you'll find a lot of value in, Especially here, because if you remember uh, the last two times this tournament was played at Royal well, St George, the winners were Darren Clark in 2011, who was 150 to one pre-tournament, uh, and then you go back to 2003, Ben Curtis, who was anywhere from 300 to one to 500 one. I mean, that's that's absurd. Is that going to happen again this week? I don't know. Rahm at eight to one seems like an off-limits bet for me, and and again puts the value on on guys that. Probably have higher odds than they really should.
0: I'm glad I asked you that, Uncle Dave, because when I was looking at this and I'm handicapping this and going through all the work that I did, I'm looking at the pricing and I felt like this particular tournament was probably the grossest mispricing out of any tournament that I've done this entire year. So I'm glad I asked you that, and I felt that way when I was writing down my guys. I'm like, geez, this doesn't seem right. This guy shouldn't be, you know, getting this amount of odds. But again, you know, you talked about it. You know, Ron being that monster of a favorite. And Brooks being 16 to one, there's just a massive gap. So it's going to go ahead. It's going to create, you know, situations for us to go ahead and attack guys and attack those prices. Uncle Dave, I want to start out with our first round leaders. I'm going to let you go ahead and rip a run on this one first. Now, Uncle Dave and I will probably talk about, you know, guys that are teeing off early. And for us here on the East Coast there, Uncle Dave, it's going to be kind of late for us. It's going to be 135 in the morning. You know, pretty much those are uh, those are my prime time hours. You know, I like to stay up late. So I'll probably be up watching that stuff till four or five in the morning. So we will talk about guys teeing off early. Uncle Dave, your first-round leaders, who are you looking at for this week?
1: Yeah, I, I got a few guys here that I'm looking at, at putting some money on. And, and again, none of none of them are our favorites. Sam Burns. And, again, these are all early tee times. They came out this morning. And, you know, anybody that watches this tournament knows that in the afternoon, the winds can come up pretty heavy. Uh, so I'm I'm just sort of eschewing anybody in the afternoon. Uh, Sam Burns eighty to one. Yeah, people wonder whether his game will travel, but you know he just finished T eighteen in the Scottish Open, so I think the answer presumably is yes. Christian Bezodenhout, you know, there's a guy that, that that played well at the PGA, played well uh, at the U.S. Open, and, and blew up late. Uh, but there's a guy with the talent to go out early and win, and he's eighty to one. Hovland and Neiman uh, forty to one, sixty six to one. Those are guys that start early. Obviously, uh, they haven't had the experience yet, but You know, do you need experience in the first round? As I said, you know, we've had 300-to-1 guys win this. Uh, My boy Brian Harmon, of course, I'm going to take him 80-to-1. And one of the reasons I like him here is uh, with these rolling fairways, length is not going to be, or lack of length in Harmon's case, is not going to be as big of a deterrent as it would be in some courses. So, yeah, I love the guy. And Scotty Scheffler at 15-to-1. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but... You know, uh, I just, I just, you know, people forget the guy's only 25 and 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 what he's done in the last three majors. So uh, he did play well at the Scottish Open. So I will also look at him as a first-run leader.
0: Well, I'm certainly going to follow your lead here, Uncle Dave, you know, with some early tee guys. And I do want to avoid that wind, as you mentioned, you know, blowing off the ocean. So I do have some longer shot guys here on my radar. I don't think they'll win, but I do feel like that they fit the mold, you know, for this particular bet that I'm looking for. Actually, you know, before I even go any further, Uncle Dave, these are the things that I actually picked out for my picks this and it's rather simple. I took five areas, driving accuracy, iron accuracy, scrambling, sand safe percentage, and putting, and I used those five areas, and I came up with an overall number for each guy in those five areas. It was just basic, you know, simple addition, and I ended up with about 12 guys that made my sheet, and the one guy who made my sheet when I looked at him as a big-time sleeper, was Vaughn Taylor. And I'm like, nobody's going to have this guy. And he showed up in five areas. He was like the number one guy. And it turns out that he's not in the tournament. He actually played last week. So I was pissed off about that. And that made me upset. But again, you know, he's not going to golf this week. But for those reasons in those particular areas, I found some guys that I feel are going to golf really, really well. You know, this place has bunkers. If you guys go back and look, it, they'll eat you alive and fairways that are just loaded with bumps and hills. And, you know, those bumps and hills, they're going to send your ball whizzing off into, you know, areas just loaded with, you know, bunkers or or that super high grass. So I really wanted to go ahead and find accurate guys, golfers that can pinpoint kind of where they need to be, you know, to avoid those hills, to avoid those bad hops and those bunkers. And if my guys do, you know, end up in a bunker, uh, I have some of the best guys with sand saves on my card, you know, and I'm combining that with putting and accuracy. So I feel like I'm going to do really good this week. I worked my rear end off. And people are always asking, you know, how do you handicap this particular tournament? And, you know, Uncle Dave will tell you, you know, it's different from week to week. It's always a different approach. And this week is no different. This is different than any other tournament that I've handicapped, you know, all year long. So uh, I'm excited to go ahead and attack this major. But with all that said and all that out of the way, my first round leader, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Chris Kirk at 110 to one. And I'm also going to go ahead and play Joel Damon at 125 to one. I feel like these are some pretty nice tickets. And I think we have a shot with these particular guys. Both of these guys tee off early. Damon gets a good pairing, I believe, with Berger and Neiman. And I like that quite a bit. Kirk, he's going to be with two no-namers. But he did show up on my card as the number seven guy on my sheet here for this week. So I have to use him somewhere. I feel like this is the spot. So my first round leaders there, Uncle Dave, Chris Kirk, 110 to one. Joel Damon, 125 to one. Uncle Dave, let's go ahead and jump over to make and miss the cut. I have one here. Uh, it's a little chalky, but I did go with my last chalky play. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and talk about your make and miss the cut. Who you got?
1: Well, I want to circle. But I want to circle back just for a second. Sleepy too, first round leaders. I I did leave a guy off that you probably want to consider. Well, you might not, but I, and I do. Uh, Abraham answer is eighty to one. Um, I, I neglected him when I was reading through my notes here, so I apologize for that. Uh, but we all we know he always starts well and and. To save time here you know i, I do similar things to you to where i come up with a certain group of guys and he was on it uh so that's another guy you might want to consider um to make the cut uh lee westwood uh he's 56 to one to win uh one of the reasons i like the guy is he's got one of the lowest ball flight trajectories if you will off the tee um and you know here we go it's going to get windy uh he's from england Mickleton just proved all guys can win the majors you know and the, The dude's still the 29th ranked golfer in the world. And I think since 2014, he's had one missed cut in a major. So, you know, he, to me, at minus 175, was a a bargain to make the playoffs. I think I also stuck him in top 30 somewhere along the lines. And uh, I have another guy to make the cut,
0: Uh, Sam Burns, a
1: guy we talked about just a bit ago. He's been playing well. And I told you he played, I think he was T18 at the Scottish Open. So, uh, you know, the answer is yes. His game will travel. Like to make the cut, it at, at only minus two twenty-five. I think is a deal. Uh, and there again, you know, you're getting these guys that are maybe sort of the the next tier of guys to make the cut at really good prices. Because yeah. you look at some of the guys, they're they're minus eight hundred to make the cut. So you know, super top heavy guys. And Burns is I also a guy I like a uh, for a top thirty type thing. So to make the cut, to answer your question, um, Burns and Lee Westwood.
0: All right, so there you go. There's two from Uncle Dave. You mentioned a guy that I used somewhere there, Uncle Dave, but it actually makes my point for my make-the-cut pick here on Ian Poulter. Now, you're going to have to pay a little juice on this one. Uh, it's minus 205, but I feel like Poulter has a real shot here. He's teeing off early day one. You know, I guess we have to like that, and he is with Abraham answer there, Uncle Dave, and he's with Paul Casey. I like that quite a bit. You know, he's in the top 40 as far as the odds to go ahead and win this thing. Actually, his odds right now are 80-1 to 1 for those of you guys who are taking score. He's number two in putting. That's great. He's number 13 in scrambling. That's great. And I could see him being able to put himself in good spots and being able to plot you know, his second shot so he can go ahead and putt well. I see Poulter making the cut here. And let me go ahead and throw a quick one at you for a guy to go ahead and miss. This will just be a half-unit bet. But all the numbers that I came up with, with all the particulars that I had laid out, it's telling me that Mark Leishman – is not going to have a very good week. You can play him at plus 170 to go ahead and miss the cut. So I'll go ahead. I'll make a half unit wager on that as well. Uh, Let's jump into our top 40s, top 30s, 20s, and 5s. Uncle Dave, I have a couple here. I have a top 40 and a top 30. I'll let you go ahead and rip and run on that one first. Actually, you know what, Uncle Dave? Let me go first. I'll I'll give you a top 30 that I like. And it's Abraham Answer. You know, he makes the cut all the time. And if you look at what, what I just talked about with Poulter, They're going to tee off early, and they're going to tee off together. I think that that's pretty good. If you take a look at what Answer can do with his accuracy, especially off the tee, uh, he's number six right now. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him uh, top 30 plus 115. He was a guy who was strongly considering to go ahead and win this thing, and there were just a couple little things that just said, you know what, don't press the issue with him. Use him in a good spot where typically you know, I'm not looking for top 30s, 20s, or 10s, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to use him here, and I'm also going to go ahead Now, I'm going to play Brendan Todd, number one guy off the team when it comes to accuracy. Um, This guy actually rated ninth on my list, but we know this guy can putt. He's 14th in putting, and I think he's just a little bit under the radar. And I'm getting a pretty good price on him there, Uncle Dave. Top 40 plus 275. So I bought in on that. Those are the two uh, plays I'm going to make there, Uncle Dave. Top 40, top 30. What are you looking at?
1: Well, I agree with your answer pick there, Sleepy. I mean, he... You know, the, to place him any higher would be tough. You know, he was he was thirteenth at the Masters, he was eighth at the PGA, uh, fifty sixth at the at the Open, the U.S. Open. So, you know, I like you uh, also came up with. You know, there is a guy that I I really want to use, so I, I think I took him first round later. So, you know, yeah, we totally agree on that. And some of my my top whatever guys, if you will, um, Tony Finau have to go there. Um, the guy's seventeenth in the world golf ranking, seven top tens. You know, the only knock is his putting, obviously. But, you know, if you look, he was 10th at the Masters. He was 8th at the PGA. He did miss the cut at the U.S. Open and hasn't played since the Travelers. But if you look at his last three British Opens um, in reverse order, uh, T27, T9, and third. So he is getting better. So I think you have to put Finau in the top uh, whatever. I also think, you know, you could use him 45-1 to to win if you want. Jason Day, top 30 plus 140. He's finished 14th and 10th in his last two starts, and I just think his, his style of play should suit this course. Um, and to this course, before I forget, you know, I looked at driving accuracy as well um, and sand play as well, but I think that um, luck is going to factor in somewhere along here because, you know, anybody that's seen this course, you know, you can you can drive it right down the middle. Uh, and If you hit it too far or too short, it's going to hit one of those mounds, uh, and, and trickle all the way off into the hayfield, if you will. Um, it's gonna happen. Uh, and, and vice versa, you can hit one. Yeah, yeah I was looking for left center and went right center, but God, it caught that mound and I went back where I wanted it to. And, you know, those pod bunkers the same way. You know, you're gonna get guys that are that are in the bunker that have a shot, and you're gonna get guys that are gonna have to come up sideways. Uh, and you just can't handicap that. Scotty Scheffler, you know, he hasn't won yet, but people might forget he's only 25. Uh, last three majors, T4, T19, T8, downside, no British Opens yet. But you know, he did play in the Scottish Open last week and he finished pretty well uh, with the T12. Uh, so I'm going to put him uh, probably in the top 30 and I fully expect to catch that. Uh, Patrick Reed, another guy that I think i got to use. You know, he's he's played arguably his best in the biggest events this year and, and Royal St. George's uh, firm. I think the quirky fairway should put less of a premium on driving, which is the weakest part of his game so um especially in a Ryder Cup this year top 30 at, at plus 125 is pretty solid and, and lastly one more guy I want to use that we've already spoke about is Sam Burns you know I, I use him to make the cut and I, I may have said this earlier but to reiterate um plus 200 for a top 30 I, th- I think that's pretty much of a gift you know Kevin Kisner's another guy I'm looking at top 40 plus 120 stat based in current form uh, so those are the guys I'm looking to put into my top list buddy
0: all right, some solid picks there from Uncle Dave. A couple guys there that he mentioned that I I have on my card still. I'm going to go ahead and mention one here in about a minute. Uh, Uncle Dave, let's do some head-to-heads here. I have two. Let me go ahead and start out. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Louis Utezen over Victor Hovland. Now, you got to pay minus 125 for this. I think that that's actually a fair number because Hovland, he hasn't really golfed you know, since the Memorial, and that's way back in early June. Now, he did play at the U.S. Open, but he did withdraw – after the first round. So Hovland has, you know, just one round under his belt, you know, in tournament play over the last six weeks. I think that's a big concern for me. And Louie that he's been here before, you know, his measurables that I looked at are just far better than Hovland's. I know a lot of people are high on Louie coming into this week and Utezen, you know, he's going to get an early tee time for day one. He's paired with Rom, the favorite and Lowry, the defending champion. I don't know if I'd rather be out there with two other guys, so I think Louie just has a big advantage here. Hovland didn't show up on my card as being a very good bet this entire week. He showed up as actually being a fade. So I'm going to go ahead and do that here, Uncle Dave. I'm going to play Louis Utazin over Victor Hovland in a head-to-head, minus 125. And one of the guys you just mentioned there, Uncle Dave, Patrick Reed. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him over Rory. I'm going to get Reed at plus 105. One of the big reasons I like this wager is because I actually get to see this one happen. These two guys are paired up in the first day to go ahead and start this tournament. Now, both guys lack a little bit of accuracy, but I do like Reed scrambling his sand save and his putting over Rory. So I'm not going to make a big bet on this one. It's going to be a half unit bet, more like an action kind of bet. But the numbers I have in front of me says that the pricing is wrong, that Rory should probably be the underdog here slightly. So I'm feeling like maybe Reed should be minus 105, 1010. And we know, you know, that you you always end up paying these premiums on Rory. I don't think it's a gross overreaction, but I do feel like it's a little bit here. But I like everything I see on paper. So I'll go ahead. I'll make a half unit wager. Patrick Reed over Rory McIlroy at plus 105. Uncle Dave, head to heads, do you have any for this week? Well,
1: I'm going to dovetail on what you just said about Hovland. I'm inclined to agree with you. Talent aside, you know, the guy hasn't played since the end of June. But uh, you can find on DraftKings, and I'm glad you forced me to look at this, is uh, a matchup between Hovland and Paul Casey. And, and Paul Casey's a guy that I don't think I've used that we probably should somewhere. Uh, he's, he's obviously he's an English guy, so he's kind of got a home court advantage. But, you know, Hovland's minus 137, Casey plus 105. Uh, so I would be inclined to take Casey there and, and go in line with your your fade Victor Hovland, which you and I both know means he's probably going to win. Um, another one that I'm, I'm toying with um, Tommy Fleetwood over Justin Rose. I, I like Fleetwood. I haven't put him anywhere. I want to. He's still on my list of, of guys that I I, 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 I I may or may not put and, and probably need to. Um, Justin Rose, he tends to burn me. He's obviously um, been there, done that, but he hasn't done that recently. Uh, and and I think Fleetwood is kind of – I'm almost going under the do theory here because you know he tends to, when he does well, come out of nowhere. So uh, I'm looking at Fleetwood over Justin Rose, and I'm going to second your – your hovland fade and take paul casey at plus money
0: you know what i was thinking there, uncle dave was using hovland to go ahead and miss the cut and i saw that that casey won too and i was like how much do i want to bite off going up against the number seven you know ranking golfer in the world i'm like i don't know and then once i saw that louis was with rom and the defending champion lowry it was kind of an easy choice like i felt like that was just a really good bet and everything else is like well, maybe I'm stretching a little bit, hoping that Hovland doesn't come back and play super strong. You know, yeah, he's been out for six weeks, but I just felt like that Utezen pick was just a rock. So I would say that that's probably one of my best picks that I, that I at least I feel uh, on my particular card. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And I was looking at Casey, but, and there were a couple other matchups too, you know, that involved Hovland that I was looking at as well, but I just didn't want to go too crazy, especially with, you know, the, the size of the card that I had going here. We do have our diamond in the rough best bets coming up. We'll give you guys two. So without further ado, Uncle Dave, let's go ahead and jump into our winners. I have four and I normally typically don't have four and I normally don't typically fall on the guys that I fell on. And these are more Uncle Dave type of guys. So I'm excited because I, I pulled these guys uh, out of a lineup and I'm like, all right, these are the guys that fell on my sheet. So I'm not going to go away from them since I usually don't use them. I'm going to use them this week. I feel really good about the guys that I have this week. So, Uncle Dave, I'm going to save my four guys. I'm going to let you go ahead and rip and run. See if you fall on any of my guys because we've only mentioned, I believe, one name so far this podcast um, that I have for one of my winners. But um, I have some guys. I have a gut feeling you're going to have two of these guys because you always seem to have these guys in your card. But I'm going to let you go ahead and rip and run, Uncle Dave. Who are your winners for this week?
1: Well, I kind of went off script here, so you know maybe it'll be additional content because we might not. Um, you know, here's a, an interesting stat or three, as it were. Um, in this tournament, seven of the last nine winners were over thirty-two years old. In this tournament, seven of the last eight winners were T twenty or better in one of the first three majors. Fourteen of the last fifteen winners were T nine or better at this event in a previous year. Now, there's a couple guys that fell into that category. One of them is Dustin Johnson. So I took Dustin Johnson. um, I believe it was 22 and a half to one. Um, And if uh, Dustin Johnson is now the number one ranked player in the world, I think he just nicked out Rom over the weekend. But yet, Dustin Johnson is the seventh favorite. So uh, I will take that piece of chalk. Um, Another guy that fell into this category that I had to reluctantly, but blindly take was Ricky Fowler at eighty-five to one. My my caveat there is he was pretty vocal about all the hoops the players have to jump through for protocols, and yet they're having thirty-two thousand people in the in the in the gallery this week. So you know he may not uh, have the crowd on his side. Um, another um, sort of Chalky guy I had to take here this week was Jordan Spieth. I mean, you know, arguably. Right now, uh, he's the best player in the world. Uh, the last major win came at this last Open in England. So you know, one of the reasons I like Jordan is you know these are these are slow greens right now, and and uh, I don't think anybody loves ramming in those long putts any better than he does. And so at uh, well, right now, it's nineteen to one. I think I took him at twenty two a few days ago. But you know, if I look at that, you know, you're getting a a, a favorite level player, if you will, at, uh, you know, what three times the odds of what Rom would be. So that was about, I had to make, um, I had to take Louie at 28 to one. Um, you know, we've talked in the past, you know, do you want to be that guy that doesn't take Tony Finau, uh, when he finally wins and, you know, Louis won knows a long time ago But he's playing well. He's never won in shots game putting he's gone 142 holes in a row without a three putt. So, you know, there's a guy that's not going to play himself out of the tournament You know, he's not going to pull the John Vanderveld and, and, you know, he needs a triple to win on the 18th hole and he gets a 10 or something like that. Um, That might've been uh, before you started watching golf, but Google it. Um, Harris English, you know, hasn't played since the eight hole playoff at the travelers. And, you know, that's a, that was a big character building thing. Not that he needed it because, you know, the guy was third at the, at the, at the U S open that, you know, the downside here was maybe some unfamiliarity, uh, because he has, I don't think he's played the British in four years. But you know, here again, uh, back to our original point about value, he's the 12th ranked golfer in the world, and he's 60 to one. Really, um, you know, I mean, I kind of just had to. Um, I like Scotty Scheffler. I had talked about him a little bit earlier, but you know, his game is on right now, and 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 he's a guy I had to throw in there. A couple of the guys I considered, and uh, maybe maybe you'll have them on your card if you. If you want your Ben Curtis long shot or your Darren Clark long shot, you know, Russell Hendley at a hundred to one. He's he's a better than a hundred to one golfer. uh, And you had talked about Stuart sink. Uh, My OG uh, at 110 to one was Adam Scott. So those are guys I'm looking at that, that may just well win this thing.
0: All right. Interesting there, uncle Dave, you didn't take any of the guys that I have, but you did mention a name. So, I got four winners here. And after grading out all the players with the stack categories that I felt that were the most important, nobody graded better than Webb Simpson. He was number one. And it wasn't even really close. He was clearing away the best out of all four of these guys that I have in five areas. But not only was he the best out of the guys I have to win, he was the best out of anybody in this tournament. That includes Rom, Rory, all those guys. I went through a ton of golfers and I really wanted to go ahead and hone in on the areas that I felt were the most important. And Webb Simpson graded out as number one. He has a little bit of experience here. And I think that that's going to help him a little bit because a lot of the guys in this field, they don't have experience at this course. You know, he finished T16 back in 2011. And Simpson fired a 66 in his first round in 2011. A 66, I mean, you're not going to find many 66s, you know, on this particular course. And I feel like I have to take him here 65 to 1 I feel like he's mispriced there, Uncle Dave. And I think three out of the four guys I have here are actually mispriced. And I feel like somebody like Simpson, now, and Uncle Dave likes to do this. It's a guy that you can sprinkle around. Maybe you play him a top 20. Maybe you play him a top 10, somewhere in there. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to play Simpson to win at 65 to 1. But I don't see any reason why you don't have Webb Simpson on your card. A guy you just mentioned there, Uncle Dave, Russell Henley at 130 to 1. Now, I can make the argument. Uncle Dave, that his odds might be correct. But I felt like there was some mispricing here. Now, he's never been here before to go ahead and play a major. He does tee off late, which is a knock. But he does tee off with the guy I just mentioned, Webb Simpson. I think that that helps out a ton. Henley finished number two behind Simpson. You know, I went through my sortables. His only real lack is probably putting. But I think if he brings maybe his B game, you know, with his putter, you know, how accurate this guy could be. Um, He could go ahead and he could avoid, you know, those disastrous, you know, bunker shots where, you know, it just ruined your entire day, ruins your entire tournament. So at 131, I felt there was a little bit of value there on Russell Henley there, Uncle Dave. So I'm glad you mentioned him. And this next one is just mind boggling. I'm surprised Uncle Dave didn't mention this guy because Uncle Dave likes this guy and he always mentions him. And that's Cameron Tringali. And he's at 310 to one. That's just wrong, and I'm not just saying that it's wrong. I'm telling you that that's wrong. There's no way in hell that this guy should be three hundred and ten to one. His game for this course, in my opinion, might be one of the games that's actually tailor made for this particular course. Now, again, you know, I took what I thought was important, and some of the guys, you know, might think distance is important, or you know, some guys might, you know, favor putting or you know, shots, games, etc. But I took what I thought you know, would either make or break guys, you know, for this particular tournament. And Tringali, you know, he doesn't even scratch the surface for me as a concern. His fairway accuracy, 43rd, scrambling, 11, 21st and putting. Uh, save percentage is is very good. I think he's like 99th in driving accuracy. He ended up grading out as my number three guy. And he was just a little bit, you know, behind Webb Simpson. 310 to one is absolutely insane. I felt like his price, Uncle Dave, should have been around 120 to 1. So I see nothing but value, value, value. The buy sign for me is on Tringali. I'm not sure how you feel about that particular bet. Now, I do have one more, Uncle Dave, but I don't know if you looked at Tringali at all, but 310 to 1 seems absolutely insane, but it has to be incorrect. Like, where the hell did they come up with 310 to 1 for a guy who, in my opinion, with my stats, this course could actually be very, very good for his game. So I don't know what I'm missing. Maybe I'm missing nothing. Maybe they're just favor maybe they're just not favoring this guy. But I feel like they should be putting him somewhere in a in a much better spot than three hundred and ten to one.
1: Well, to your to your point and to our point earlier, that just means when you get your top heavy field, not necessarily with golfers, but with money, that just puts a lot of value on on these other guys. Um, you know, Russell Henley is a guy that I threw out and you just took to win. Um, one of the stats that, that put me on Henley at one point was he's, he's 15th in one putts from 25 feet or more. Um, and that's a huge deal, especially because you will see a lot of those. You know, I didn't use web because I figured, you know, someday Sleepy's going to use web And, you know, I don't want to have duplicate content. So good for you. Um, 55 to 1. I mean, how do you not? I could have.
0: You know what, Uncle Dave, as you were talking, I'm sitting here looking at the odd screen for FanDuel, and Cameron Tringali went from 310 to 1 down to 250 to 1, and that was probably just over an hour's time. And you went and you looked at DraftKings, and you said he went from 150 to 1 down to 130 to 1. So clearly that 310 to 1 that I saw earlier this morning is just wrong, and the bettors are going ahead, they're betting Tringali. I just bet him to win five grand. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But clearly, uh, right now, as I had mentioned, it was 310 to 1. Now 250 to 1 on Fanduel. That's the number you guys probably want to attack. DraftKings has him down to 130 to 1 to win. So clearly, um, that number was probably just wrong. And and I guess my hunch was was pretty correct there, Uncle Dave. And here's a guy you mentioned. This will be my final one there, Uncle Dave. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Brian Harmon, another guy that I typically don't bet. This is one of your guys. But, you know, I've fallen on him. And and guys, you know, I typically, you know, don't bet. But my prep work says I have to bet this guy, so I'm going to do it. He graded out as my number three guy. He was just a tick behind Tringali. And my handicap was pretty simple. His odds are 120 to 1. I don't think that's right. I think he should be somewhere around 70, maybe 80 to 1. He's going to have an early tee time. He's going to be paired up with Mackenzie Hughes and Dylan Fertelli, which I like. And I have to trust my work. This guy's solid pretty much everywhere. And as you mentioned, Uncle Dave, you know, with Harmon, he doesn't have to be particularly long off the tee. But everything else that he does, at least with the, um, with the numbers that I looked at, um, it says that this guy is actually live. So uh, 120 to 1, Brian Harmon to go ahead and win. Why the hell not? I like him a lot this week. I think he shows up. You might be able to sprinkle him as well. All right, so with all that stuff out of the way, this is time for our diamond in the rough best bet. Uh, I have one here, Uncle Dave, and you have one. I'll let you go ahead and rip and run first. What's your diamond in the rough best bet?
1: I'm still sitting here in a little bit of a state of shock, sleeping at all these guys you picked to win that I have normally been on in some form or fashion. And uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be excited for you if Trigali wins. Because it's five grand. I mean, why wouldn't I be happy for you? But I'm going to be pissed on the other side that I didn't do it. Um, probably the same for Web. Um, but you know, this is a, this is interesting how we again um, independently arrived at where we arrived at. Because anybody listening for the first time knows that we we rarely see each other's notes before we start talking. I mean, this is this is truly all more or less ad libbed as we go through it. Um, So, I I mean, I I think this is interesting. I think it's great because we're giving out that much more content. Um, But my my diamond in the rough, and and this is not – I did win my diamond in the rough and both my make the cuts last week. Um, So this is not a diamond in the rough. You know, I think of that and I think of, of, you know, somebody nobody's ever heard of to finish top 40, which actually I did last week. But this week I'm going to go with Xander top 10. I bet him plus 175 – He's done at plus 160 in, in places right now. I mean, but, you know, why Buck history, Xander and majors? You know, uh, the list of of how many times he's been a bridesmaid or in the top 10 is ridiculous. And, you know, just look at his last 10 majors back to, to 2018. He's had six top 10s. So why would you not make that bet yet again? Uh, in fact, he was, he was T2 at this very tournament uh, back in 2018. Uh, 2019 here, he didn't feel, uh, feel overly well. He was T41. Uh, but, you know, look at this, you know, fifth at the U.S. Open, third at the U.S. Open, um, T2 at the Masters, T6 at the U.S. Open. Um, I don't know how you don't make that bet. And Zander's a guy that, you know, I use quite a bit. So I'll bet him top 10 at, at plus 175 and and he will win. And I will be upset that I didn't take him at 18-1 to one to win. But I, I don't see how that bet doesn't care doesn't cashly be, so that would be my, my, my British Open Diamond in the rough.
0: All right, well, there's a chalky play there from Uncle Dave. And let me give you my chalky one, too. It's funny, Uncle Dave, both of our Diamond in the Rough best bets have a little bit of chalk involved in them. I didn't give out a whole lot of chalk, and to be honest with you guys, after all the work I did and I worked my rear end off for this particular tournament, I probably spent a good three hours doing this. A lot of those top guys, Uncle Dave, I don't like. You know, I just don't like them. I think you need to go ahead and be accurate here. I think that's going to be really, really important because there's just a lot of things that will screw up your entire day, let alone your tournament. So for me, I went ahead and I, I fell on Terrell Hatton uh, as, as my best bet here. Um, I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to play him to land in the top 30 at minus one Oh five. You know, the first thing with Hatton, you know, the odds makers, they do expect good things from him. His win odds right now, you know, they're in line with some of the, you know, top guns in the tournament. And what gives me pause is that he let me down the last time that I bet him. And typically, you never want to go ahead and let that type of thinking or bias affect your betting. In fact, you, you can't let that, you know, affect your, your betting because you'll end up not being able to win. But I do like Hatton to go ahead and place here in the top 30 at minus 105. Look, this guy is, you know, when he's doing his thing, um, he's really good and he has the game you know, to go ahead and contend here. I think actually to win, but definitely to go ahead and, and land it within the top 30. And then the odds makers, as I mentioned, they're telling us that he's live. You know, he is accurate. He can putt, you know, he can scramble. He's good enough around the sand. I don't see anything that says that he won't make the cut here. So for me, it's top 30 Terrell Hatton, and that's going to be my diamond in the rough best bet. Sleepy,
1: I love your Hatton plays. Total value play. I mean, people, people kind of forgot the guy, but he has a He has a T5 and a T6 in his past four. So I love your diamond in the rough. And, you know, interestingly, now that we've kind of gone through everybody and and guys that we didn't mention. So uh, here's how it's going to go. Ron, Kepka, Rory, Justin Thomas and Bryson. All guys we didn't use one through five.
0: And Victor Hovland.
1: (laughs) Isn't that how this works?
0: And probably our other buddy that we mention all the time, Tony Fee now. You, you will never see me pick Tony Finau again. I'm not betting that guy. Uncle Dave, we went ahead. We gave out all our stuff here, first-round leaders, make and miss the cut, head-to-heads, top 40s, 30s, 10s, 5s, our winners, and our diamond in the rough best bet. Uh, it seemed like our, our picks were a little flipped this week, Uncle Dave. I was taking your guys. You were taking some of my guys. But we were going ahead, and we were talking about each other's guys that we normally use, and uh, a lot of that backed up kind of the, you know, the plays that, that we were looking at anyway. So we were helping each other out. Hopefully, we'll help you guys out. You know where to find us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame, at Dave underscore S And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for the Open Championship. Enjoy the games.